It got so dark, great guys, that I really had, I contemplated suicide because I was hurting so bad, you know. And especially when I started having, uh, I started having issues with my knee, and I had to have surgery, and I get back on opiates. It was, it was, uh, it was awful. And I really started. I really thought that I'm gonna die. I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I had a discussion with my son, and he told me, Dad, I don't want you to die. And he said, you know, please stop using. And I thought about that. And I thought about it. I didn't stop using right away, but eventually I thought about it. I want to have a positive, good, healthy relationship with my son. Yeah. And I made a decision that no matter what happens, no matter what I do, I want to get sober. That was my dear friend, Charlie Spencer, and this week's guest of Sri Ponya's One Breath Podcast. Charlie brings light and life, love and humor into every conversation I've ever had with him. We will cover and talk about the life he's lived in the light of the public eye and also the darkness the isolation and loneliness of addiction. And then the courage it takes to stand back up and begin to live a life of service, of devotion, of giving back. As you listen, you will know why this man is called Magic Charlie. Mm -hmm. And it's all the music of 1971 oh my word oh my god charlie you would just be tripping out man oh i would be i love well, we were 16 year years old 16 years old in 71 yeah. yeah oh man oh can you believe oh, that oh my god all these years so later. good yeah so, so many things yeah. have happened now we're here yeah great fantastic yeah. just so thankful for you yeah yeah, I, you know, I'll do an introduction, um, but just in case I forget, I just want to let everybody know that, uh, you know, I am sitting for the first time, even though it's digital, digital units coming through a screen, I'm sitting face to face for the first time in a long time with my good friend, Charlie Spencer. And, awesome. uh, you know, Charlie, I hope you don't mind, but I have to, you know, before, before I even realized that I belonged in another 12 step program. You and I met in Al-Anon sitting, talking about sitting, talking about people in our lives that had drinking problems. <laughs> oh, I remember <laughs> and then, that great and, so vividly. And then, uh, and, and I can always edit this out if it's, if, if you want to maintain anonymity, man, but, uh, God, you know, about, about 12 years later, I found myself in the right room gotcha. talking about the right stuff, the right in the stuff right per, in the right person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That it's amazing. Uh, it's yeah. been, it's been a long, we've, we've walked together for a long time, Charlie. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's just been an honor to be your friend and, um, and, and, and an honor that you would count me as, as a friend of yours. So, yeah, I'm very blessed, Greg. Yeah, man. Very blessed, brother. 
So where would you like to begin this conversation? I, you know, um, you know, this Sri Ponya's one breath is primarily dedicated to uh, having conversations about recovery. Gotcha. And, uh, and as we say in, uh, in the rooms, you know, we share our experience, strength and hope. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, you, you and I have, have walked down a road together for a long time. So we've got just a little bit of, of shared experience, strength and hope. And I, I hope we get an opportunity to communicate that today. So, well, that's what I would like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's very important. And I think that'd be very pertinent for people that listen. So what, what brought you, you know, when was that moment for you that, that you just realized that, Oh my God, I, I have brought this substance use and my way of living to the point where I can't do it anymore. When, when was that Charlie? Well, I, I think thinking back, Greg, I think it's probably about maybe like 30 years ago. Yeah. Maybe 32, 33. I was in a relationship and it was going sour because of the fact that I, I was using cocaine and I couldn't stop. And so my girlfriend and I just split up. She's I can't take it anymore. And so she said, I want you to get some help. And I didn't want to get help until I had really had hit my bottom. And, you know, my bottom was just having to do it all the time, you know, missing work, just a mess. And I really didn't think, Greg, that I could stop because mm. it was that it had that strong a grip on me. And I was in deep trouble. But you know what? I was in denial. You know, I, I went, I went, I remember someone suggest I go to counseling and I didn't do it. So finally I thought, well, that'd be an easier way. Cause they also talked about AA. I said, no, <laughs> I, I want to go to AA. What the hell would what I want to go there see? for? Yeah. Yeah. What would someone see me? Yeah. I know. And yeah. so I went to counseling first and I kept using. Mm-hmm. So my therapist said, I'm not going to counsel you unless you go to AA. So I went to AA and I'm telling you, I was shocked. Hmm. I had cocaine in my pocket. I said, I just want to stop using cocaine. Hmm. And they said, well, if you well, stop using cocaine, you got to stop using everything. Hmm. And that was alcohol and pot. I, I, I was doing it all. So eventually I, I made a decision to do it, Greg, but it wasn't an overnight process. Yeah, it was yeah. tough. It was difficult. I wanted to use every day I wanted to use. But great. One day at a time, gradually, I start getting some momentum in recovery. One day, two days, three days. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon after relapse and all this I went through, I got a year. Yeah. And that's when I realized that there's hope. Because mm-hmm. I start feeling better. You know, I start, I wasn't getting in trouble. You know, I, I had a better relationship with my friends. Uh, my, my family had a better relationship. And I said, I think I, I'm, I'm going to hang in there. So gradually, like I said, incrementally, I started gaining some momentum. One, two years, three years, four years. And pretty soon, you know, I started, I made a decision. I want to stay here because I wasn't sure. Hmm. Because the fact that I felt I had to use in every situation. I go to a party. I go to this place. I had to have cocaine or whatever substance I was using. 
So finally, I realized that you know, I don't want to do that. I want to stop because I started feeling better, looking better, and good things started to happen in my life. But it was difficult. And Greg, I want to just throw this out real, real quickly. When I was using, well, I mean, when I stopped using, also I, I, I injured my knee. Yeah, that's when I start doing opiates. And I'm telling you, the doctor kept me in opiates for almost a year, and I was addicted again. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. You know, how many guys have you met, Charlie, that, or people, uh, that, that had relatively long-term sobriety, mm -hmm. experienced an injury, were prescribed opioids, and ended up going back out? Mm. I mean, that is not an mm -hmm. uncommon story. So, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because, great. I thought once, before I finally made a decision to stop using cocaine and alcohol, and I had a long term sobriety, then I injured my knee, then I get hooked in opiates, and I'm back in the same old, old situ bad situation, or even it got worse. Yeah. Great, it got worse. I never went to jail prior to me making a decision the first time to get sober. But the second time when I got hooked on opiates, I, I can't tell you how many times I went to jail. I hate to even say that, but I went to jail because of opiate, trying to get opiates, all the stuff that was happening. And I didn't think I'd ever get off of it, to be honest. Yeah, what, just what, was the, what, what was your pathway out of that darkness and that is a fantastic question because it is a darkness oh hell yeah it is a oh yeah, it, does, is a it doesn't matter doesn't matter what the substance is that that takes us over it is darkness man i mean maybe not at first <laughs> you <laughs> know at first usually it's it's medicine for us yes whether it be yes. alcohol cocaine heroin opioids I mean, yes. I mean, there, there's a reason why an alcoholic or a drug addict, uh, when we first start to, to take that substance into our body, it's medicine, man. It, there, it sure is. there, there is like some benefit that comes from it. Absolutely. Until it turns and our medicine becomes our poison. And when, and when it reaches that stage, I know you'll probably agree with me that that that's when the darkness begins to set in and oh my god the darkness man it gets it gets dark oh yeah it got very dark for me yeah it got so dark Greg, I said, that i really i contemplated suicide mm. because i was hurting so bad you know and especially when i started having it uh i started having issues with my knee and i had to have surgery and I get back on opiates. It was, it was, uh, it was awful. And I really started, I really thought that I want to die. I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I had a discussion with my son and he told me, dad, I don't want you to die. And he said, you know, please stop using. And I thought about that. And I thought about it. I didn't stop using right away, but eventually I thought about, it. I want to have a positive, good, healthy relationship with my son. Yeah. And I made a decision, I'll, no matter what happened, no matter what I do, I want to get sober. So I went to treatment yeah. and uh, for several months, got out. And uh, for the grace of God, by 
uh, going to treatment. When I got out, I was sober, and I've been sober for almost oh boy, ten years or so. Yeah, yeah, and it's been a freedom. It's been like, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> and you know what's amazing is, is that that life. I mean, you've you've maintained sobriety and continue to walk the path of recovery, and life has brought you some opportunities. And anybody, you know, that that's gone through what you've gone through with your knee and other mm. challenges could have found any excuse in the world to start using again. How, it, per, first of all, you know, would you mind sharing what you've done in your life uh, as far as an inspirational speaker and, and who you've been as an athlete um, just to give people you know, an opportunity to see that, that even though we may suffer from a disease, we walk in the world as, as, as people wanting to do good, you know, mm -hmm. wanting to inspire others. Yes. And, and so could you share your story as an athlete and a public speaker in high schools and, and, uh, and where you've been in your life regarding that? Because Damn, brother! It not everybody gets to do what you've done. Mm, yeah, yeah. I would love to share it. Yeah, I grew up in, I grew up yeah. in um, of all places, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just one of among the most liberal places on the planet. <laughs> yes, I talk. I was talking to a friend of mine. He said, "Well, how did you get there?" I was born in Tyler, Texas. When I was like six years old, my we had relatives in Boise. Hmm. My grandfather, some other, so we decided to move, and we moved. And so uh, that's when I, you know, started to see different things. You know, uh, I I was so I was blessed to be able to be in an area, even though I when you mentioned Idaho, people go whoa. For me, Greg, it was the best thing that happened to me. Mm. I'll tell you why. When I was like 12 or 13, I had the fortune to meet a guy that worked with the Harlem Globetrotters. Wow. And, <laughs> and I was so blessed. And he was the assistant college, assistant coach at this college. And he said, he, he, I met him. And, and the, how I met him was he came into our school and he performed. This incredible basketball show, and I just went, I just fell in love. I came up to him and I said, I'd love to do what you do. He said, If you're willing to listen and have a good attitude, I'll help you. Wow. Well, he said, Charlie, you're stubborn and you're hard headed because he keeps on that. And I said, Ooh, what? Me? <laughs> no way. <laughs> he said, If you listen to me and if you apply the things that I'm going to share with you and help you, you got to be great. And Greg, I did. He, he, he was my mentor. I started practicing with the basketball six, eight hours a day because I wanted to be the best. And so I was real fortunate when I was like in high school. Uh, I had this incredible article written on me. And I sent that article to Lenny Wilkins. No kidding. Lenny Wilkins is a he's he's a well he's a star. He's he's incredible. Yeah. One of the greatest coaches ever. And Lenny Wilkins 
and I haven't shared this in a long time, so I get emotional. Yeah. Lenny was like my dad. He would introduce me every time I perform. I do a show at this camp at nighttime and Sunday nights, and I perform like my hour. And he introduced me every time. And he took a liking to me. And he helped me. Send out, he sent out letters. He helped me really get into the world of, uh, of performing, uh, motivating. He taught me. He showed me. He said, I'll show you. And he helped me do that by sending out letters to people he knew. And he sent call, made calls to the Globetrotters, Geese Osby, Middle Lake Lemon, uh, wow. those guys. So I had the opportunity finally to go and work with them. I think I worked with them about a year or so, a year or two. But it was the greatest experience of my life. And after I left them, then I, I, I developed my own presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, they call me Magic Charlie. And I, I would go to high schools and middle schools, perform. But my main focus, Greg, was not the basketball, but was the message. Yeah. You're important. You can do it. Perseverance, positive attitude, setting goals, never giving up, stick to it. That was my message. And that's why people hired me. They didn't hire me necessarily the basketball. They, they hired me because of the positive message that I could present. And not just present great, but I could get to the kids. Yeah. I could get in their heart, you know, yeah. and get in their thinking. And I did that for about 16, 17 years until I injured wow. my knee. And it was a tremendous experience. I did halftime shows at all the NBA games, the Lakers, Milwaukee Bucks, the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns. On and on and on. And what happened, what that did, when I would do a show like at halftime, I would meet the players. Yeah. Because they would sometimes, they'd come back on the court after that first half and they they would just be watching and they and someone would just give me their number. they give me the number. Here, call me. I want you to come to my camp. And that just opened up a new world. So it's been a tremendous experience mm. to be able to influence young people and let them know that they're important and they could do anything that they want to do if they're willing to pay the price and not just pay the price, great, but stay away from things like opiates, cocaine, alcohol, because yeah. that is the thing that's going to take them down. Of all the things in life, that can take them down. So I've been very blessed and very fortunate to have been able to do what I do. Because I yeah. have loved every minute of it, Greg. I yeah. really have. I do it again and again. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yes. But, but since your knee surgery, since your knee injury, you've been sidelined a great deal as, as a result of your injury. How have you, you know, we talk about turning our will and our lives over to the care of God, over to the care of a higher power. How have you how have you done that? How have you not gone into, I don't deserve this. And, you know, how have you stayed as positive and approaching life from a moving forward perspective and not be looking at your life over your shoulder saying, damn, I used to dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you how, uh, First of all, in the beginning, Greg, when I had all these surgeries, to be honest with you, and I'll be sure, I'll be very honest with the viewers and the people that are listening, it was difficult. 
And there's a, a time that I really did feel like in my life. Mm. And I did question my higher power. Like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. I can't believe it. What did I do? Yeah. But I didn't stay there. And here's why I didn't stay there, Greg, is because of the fact that I had wonderful friends, awesome friends that helped me get through it. Mm-hmm. That stuck with me and said, here, you don't need to do this. You can do this. You know, life is not over, you know. And when I had people carry me through all this, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for people carrying me, I don't know if I'd be here. Yeah. And that's what got me through it, Greg. All the all the surgeries, all the pain, all the struggles. That got me through it, and that turned things around. Then I started reading books again, calling people, going to meetings, and so forth. And that's what helped me. Yeah. And but I didn't stay there. Yeah, I believe that so many people, if they have a catastrophic catastrophic illness or what they do, they'll just stay in it and they'll stay in it and they'll think, you know, think. And their thinking gets them in trouble. Yeah. And also, like one of my best friends, he committed suicide. He was a great mm-hmm. athlete also. But he didn't, he did not have people he could call and talk to like I did. And that's what got me through all of this. Only by the grace of a higher power, Greg. Yeah, I, you know, I I think if there's a message that you and I can share, because I I share your experience, Charlie, um, that I you know I tried I tried to get clean and sober for years, like I'd swear mm. I wasn't going to drink, I wasn't going to use, and by mm-hmm. eleven thirty in the morning it would be well maybe I won't drink very much today, you know, and know. and and that was me trying to do it on my own. Gotcha. And like you, I've been carried, man. I have been loved and carried and cared for uh, by people that when I first walked into um, AA, I they were strangers. They have become my brothers, you among them, you know. Um, so I, I, I think what I hear and what I'd like to share is for people that may be listening that are wondering how the hell might I get sober. Don't try and do it alone. Find, find the circle of friends, find the gathering of people that will, that will listen to your pain, mm. not turn away in disgust or disdain, but they, the lights in their heart, the lights in their eyes will stay on and say, just keep coming back. Yes, yes. Whoever invented that little saying, "Keep coming back." I mean, yeah. it is so so powerful. So, no matter what happens to you in your life, no matter how many times you go out there and use, no matter how many times you you hate yourself and you can't stand yourself, keep coming back until it takes an effect. Until something happens, mm-hmm. and I believe that, like someone said, there has to be a psychic change. Yeah, and when that psychic change happens. Bam! I believe that's when you really have a chance. Yeah. Totally yeah surrender. Remember, remember our friend Dean? Yes. The the gentleman that uh I think sponsored, <laughs> I sponsored half of East Side Sobriety <laughs> and Recovery. You know, I went to his I went to his I went to his memorial service. I think he was 96 years old when he passed away. Wow. And we did a sobriety count, and there was 1500 years of sobriety 
Oh, often and often in a meeting, especially when there was, you know, new guys, new people there, he would often say, you know, just keep coming in this room. Just keep coming in here. He said, I don't know how it happens, but if you come here long enough, something happens. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. And I've carried that with me. That's because I've had a number of, wow, something's happened. I don't quite know what it is, but it's brought me to a new experience of, of life. And it began, it really began when I got sober. Oh yes. Damn. Something happened, man. Oh yes. Yeah. Dean, uh, I met Dean when I first got in the program, <laughs> I think like in my first week <laughs> and he pulled me aside. He said, Hey, let's go have coffee. Yeah. And I always remember I was at the, uh, at the club, a lot of club and, we went to have coffee at the Sheridan in Renton, and we spent about an hour, an hour and a half, half the, half the time I was crying. Hmm. But he told me, Charlie, just what you shared, yeah. if you keep coming back and stick stick with it and don't give up. And it's gonna, he told me it was something that I needed to hear. It's going to be a challenge. Yeah. He said, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. He said, but if you get through the difficult time, you're going to be fine. But you got to keep coming back, listen, get a sponsor work the steps and your life will be transformed. And he was so very, very right. And he, he has just been an awesome mentor to a lot of people that have looked up to Dean. Yeah. Well, and I'm one of them because he yeah. helped me early on in sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, and, and that's, that's what we get to do. You know, you and I have talked often about when we're sitting in a meeting and the, and the new guy raises his hand <laughs> you know, we go out and put a, we extend our hand and say, welcome brother. Just Absolutely. Keep, just keep coming back. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've done that to many people. I have that many people do that to me, which has been yeah. fantastic. Well, where, you know, what are the, what are the next months and, and where are you at in your rehabilitation with your knee? And, um, and you had mentioned a, a GoFundMe, uh, um, project that you've started can share a little bit about that and i want to let everybody know that i'll have a, a link to charlie's gofundme page um in the show notes so be looking for that as well but absolutely share share what you're up to bro you know i you know since i had all this this time off you know in a sense uh i i just give me a lot of chance to think and evaluate and i i greg i still want to i want to continue to speak if it's not all things with the basketballs i was still on this I, and i we have a go funding page that says bring magic charlie back whoa brother bring him back whoa, that one lands bro <laughs> <laughs> so it says bring magic Charlie back and 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 that's why i created the go funding page bring me back and also i have some a current um you know some bills because i was out of network uh, with the you know medical uh, field, so which is fine, but yeah, uh, so I can take care of those those you know responsibilities. Yeah, nicely. But done. yeah, I, I want to come back. And I want to continue to speak for a while. And, yeah, and, and share my story. Even yeah, all the years that I performed and spoke and shared the message, I never thought that I'd have to apply it to myself. Yeah, I you know you and I have had conversations about the power of the message that you get to speak now, brother. Oh yeah. Because it's going to come from your life, your heart, 
Yes. Your experience, man, of having been exactly what where you're inviting people not to go. You couldn't have said that more beautifully, Greg. Yeah. Invite, talk, share with people about my experience and hopefully they'll see where I've gone. Yeah. And hopefully they won't go down the same road. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't oh, hell no. Yeah. A lot of people go out and start using cocaine, using pot, using, and they just want to use it for recreational, have fun. I didn't. I injured my knee. And so, therefore, I'm, I, I, my message to them is don't think you're invincible. Because hmm. I thought I was invincible. Mm-hmm. You got to just take it one day at a time, you know, and, and, and have a positive attitude and never give up. That is my message. Don't ever, ever get when you're in excruciating pain like I was. Don't give up. Instead of giving up, you call somebody, you talk to somebody, you go to counseling. And I believe that's what can help people get through that time of difficulty, extreme, extreme discouragement. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what you've gone through uh, happened during COVID. So, so you, I mean, you and I have had lots of conversations, you know, and talk through that period of time, but mm-hmm. here you are recovering and rehabbing in an environment where you couldn't be around other people, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, speak to what that was like to, to feel that isolation while you're going through all of, all of your physical pain and, the and the wondering of what the hell am I going to do now? Um, how did you get through that? Well, Greg, it wasn't easy. And it was very, very lonely because of the fact that I'm in a, uh, in the hospital. They're short staff. You can't get the right medication. They don't want to give you the right medication. They don't. They, it was absolutely horrible. Uh, and that's the only thing I can say. Well, plus, and, plus none of your friends could come visit you. No, no, it comes. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to yeah, talk to them on the yeah. phone. Yeah. And I, I just desperately want to see someone in person. But they weren't allowing people in the facility, in the hospital. And that was difficult. So I, I had to do some journaling. I, I did a lot of writing for the first time in like 20 years. <laughs> I did some journaling, praying, meditating. And talking to friends every day. And Greg, that's how I got through it. And I want to say again, I want to reiterate that I don't think I could have made it if I hadn't done those things. Because I was planning, once I get out of here, it's over. I I can't take it anymore. Hmm. It's too painful. And so I'm fortunate. I'm one of the fortunate ones. A lot of people just didn't have that that psychic change. They They didn't see it the way I see it. Yeah, because I have wonderful friends to point things out. I heard someone say, you know, if you hurt yourself or kill yourself, it's like a shirt. What is it, Greg? It's a short-term solution. Oh yeah, for a long-term problem. Yeah, no, it's a long-term solution for a short-term problem. Because I knew you were going to correct get me. Over, <laughs> yeah, you'll get over the. Yeah. you'll get over the depression. You'll get over yes. that hopelessness. Absolutely. But if, but if you if you take your life, they ain't no coming back from that. 
You know, there's no, no healing. There's no healing for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because you're gone. And, you know, you just don't hurt yourself. You hurt so many other people. And that's what people don't realize. It's a very selfish thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yet the compassion we can have for someone that reaches that point. Yes. Because, because man, if that's, if that's the best choice, you know, the level of suffering uh, and darkness has got to be just immense and profound. Oh, absolutely. And what you said, the, the, the amount of suffering and darkness, those two things that I experienced um, yeah. when I was in the hospital and I, I hated it. It was awful. Yeah. But but there is a way out. That's it. Yeah, it's, there is. It's not yeah. permanent. And yeah. once someone finds and, and sees that there's a way out, then they can make those steps to get out of the depression and suffering that they're in. Oh, man. So um, how, where, when did you launch your GoFundMe? project i lost my good progress it's been about i'd say about two months ago two three couple okay, months cool yeah cool it's well, going we'll good do, we'll, we'll do what we can to support you and uh you know i just uh <laughs> <laughs> so give somebody your your phone have them take a picture of you spinning a basketball on your finger and and email it to me and i'll put that i'll put a link to that in the show notes too i got you. i'll do that <laughs> i'll do that <laughs> oh, i'll definitely man. do that maybe some other things i'll do which I yeah just you know the thing the thing that i'm so inspired about for you charlie is the opportunity you know and and just you know bring bring magic charlie back um god dang bro that's yeah bring you back because you you're you've got the goods to bring now yeah you haven't you haven't got just inspirational uh, an inspirational vocabulary yes to deliver or the latest goal setting techniques but you've got a life that has been like in the refiner's fire Ooh. and the the stuff of all the all the inauthenticity that we walk in the world with has just been burnt away. And you get to wow. walk this out with a pure heart, man. And, uh, and be really who you've always, always been meant to be. Very well said, you know, Greg, I have in my career, I've spoken to over a million people, mm. a million kids and, you know, and adults. And, I don't want that to stop. I, I still want to go and speak at least for another couple hundred thousand. Yeah. And, and that's in college and schools and so forth. Absolutely. I'm not done yet. Yeah, but... <laughs> that's, you know, I, I've, often, you know, anybody, anybody looks at me and, and uh, gives me the nod of me being an old guy. It's like, I will not go quietly into the night. That, that is just... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Don't count me out yet, bro. Don't count me out yet. I hear you. And and because the reason for that, Charlie, the reason for for people like you and I, even at our age, to 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 continue to have a message is right now our culture is bereft. I mean, there is there are so few elders that can walk in integrity and mm -hmm. And, and, and walk with 
a bit of maturity and wisdom mm. to speak into the lives of the younger generations. And, uh, you know, and we've paid our dues in order to, in order to have that wisdom come to us, but oh yes, I, it's not I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, it is. I wouldn't trade this season of my life for anything. Wow. I never wish, I never have a wish that I were a younger man. I, I'm just, I, I, I walk every day grateful for every experience I've had. Um, the only time that anything like regret comes is the harm I've done to other people. Mm -hmm. But, but my life, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Wow. I wouldn't trade this season for anything. I'm, I'm grateful to be right where I'm at. Oh, fabulous. Well said. Great. I don't know if any, I have a website. Can I give you the, the website? Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, and also send that to me. Uh, yeah, I'll send it to you too, because I'll put the link. But yeah, go ahead. What's, what's yeah. your website? It's a Magic Charlie. Real simple. MagicCharlie.us. Okay. G-I-C-C-H-A-R-L-I-E dot U-S. Okay. And no, and dot, a lot of no dot between Magic and Charlie. It's just no Magic dot, yeah. Charlie. Magic, well, MagicCharlie.us. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Dot between. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, man. I uh, well, it shows a lot of things that I do performing, and I think that'd yeah. be nice, be kind of nice to see. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, anything coming up for you that you want to share? You know, I first of all, I want to just tell you how this experience has been absolutely fantastic. Just uh, having you, you know, interview me, you're a great interviewer. I didn't realize how good you are. Uh, <laughs> But I'm, I just want you to know how thankful I am. And I'm thankful, Greg, for the future. Mm. I got some things coming up and I'm excited for the future. Mm. And like you said, I'm not done yet. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever we can do, whatever I can do to forward that future. Uh, and uh, I'm in, man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm in, I'm in brother. Wow. But Charlie, I just, you know, you and I have the opportunity to talk uh, from time to time on the phone and have stayed in touch for a lot of years. And uh, just the friendship we've cultivated has meant so much to me. And um, I just appreciate who you are. Um, and I can't wait to be able to share this with my world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're saying. And I want to reiterate what you just said. Yeah, it's our our friendship has just been paramount in my life. It's been phenomenal. It's yeah. been awesome. Yeah. There's no word to, that can describe it, Greg. Yeah, I'm right beautiful, there with you. Beautiful brother. thing. Yes, yeah. it is. But let's keep inspiring one another to, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep doing what we do with love in our hearts and, mm. And uh, let's just keep walking this road. What is it? The big book says yeah, you'll meet some of us as you walk the road to happy destiny. Oh, so, yes. So let's just keep walking the goddamn road to happy destiny and walk it together, bro. Sounds great. And All I will. Right, Thank you so much. Yeah, I love you, brother. I love you. All right. So we'll talk. We'll talk soon. Okay, my friend. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
I trust you enjoyed this week's episode of Sri Ponya's One Breath Podcast. I can't tell you how blessed I feel to have had that conversation with my good friend Charlie Spencer, Magic Charlie. And I have a couple of things that I'd like to ask you to consider this week. First, consider supporting Charlie's GoFundMe project. As introduced in the show notes, there's a link there and also has, as mentioned in the introduction to this episode. And then consider going to shriponiacollective.org and becoming part of the collective. Every week, we will be hosting recovery meetings. We will be beginning um, shortly. Look for the announcement for our nine-week School of Recovery. And we will be sharing the latest news and upcoming events for the Sri Ponya Collective. Become part of our community. Contribute to our community to your community, and we'll be looking forward to hearing from you very soon. Mm -hmm.